is full of them. From low-budget crap fests to downright unwatchable. And only two men are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. Welcome back to another fun-filled, soap-down version of Short Bus Cinema. I'm one of your hosts, Rick, and with me as always is my partner in crime, Mr. Johnny Krug. What is up, my buddy? What is up? Did you say soap-down? Soap-down, yes. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't know why, but hey, it just it, it came to me in a dream. <laughs> That's great. That's good, man. Things are awesome. Today's going to be a great episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, boy. We've got a, a, a clump of turd in the road for you this time that we're going to drive <laughs> over. And that is because of our super special guest we got with us. So if you don't like this movie, it's her fault. <laughs> and that is the one and only Jamie Simmons. What's up, my lady? <laughs> Hi, guys. I am so excited to be here. I can't even stand it. I, I just, I've waited for this moment. That's not even hyperbole. I have waited for this moment. So um, what better way to celebrate that than to bring you one of the biggest pieces of crap I've ever seen? (laughs) (laughs) I take full responsibility for that. Yeah, yeah. So she brought this one up. Actually, when we first started this show up, we were trying to get some guests lined up and stuff, and things just didn't work out like they were supposed to. But it's all come to fruition right here, right now with this movie. And uh, we are talking about 1964's the creeping terror. Yeah. The creeping turd. <laughs> the creeping turd. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this movie has a lot to offer. Is that the right word? To- <laughs> well, uh, sure. <laughs> I know it's a little older than the movies you guys usually cover, but it's so epically bad. Yeah. I just thought, mm. You know what, though? I Honestly, this gives any new bad movie a run for its money. Because, uh, I mean, this movie, I look at movies back in, from when this was made, and there's so many masterpieces that when whenever things like this are made, you're just like, holy hell, how did that get made? <laughs> and that's a whole other story. Right. Yeah, I was doing a little bit of research while getting in this movie because I was like, there's got to be a reason this movie is the way that it is. And, yeah, there really is. And I, I tell you what, I, I believe you're more of the expert on this movie than I am, Jamie, when it comes to this thing. So, yeah, give us a little background on kind of the nuts and bolts of how this movie even happened. 
<laughs> well, um, the star of the film, as well as the director of the film, Vic Savage, also known as A.J. Nelson, <laughs> was a con man. And, like uh, there, yeah, <laughs> he, he was. And there is a biopic about him called The Creep Behind the Camera. And that wow. film is actually what brought my attention to this film. Now, there has been a Mystery Science Theater episode done on this film. But what really made me perk up my ears and pay attention to everything going on in the behind the scenes was this biopic. And uh, it's pretty interesting and wow i mean this guy he he got funding for this film basically by promising people roles in the film if they would give him money that sort of thing yeah but he was also notorious for not paying people like he didn't pay the guy who designed the or the story goes he didn't pay the guy who designed the original monster <laughs> so the one that we actually get in the film is supposedly not the original Terror, that would creeping make, terror. That would definitely make sense. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so what was the costume stolen really? Because I haven't seen the movie or anything, but uh, rumor has it that the costume was stolen before production began. I believe, it, and I, I, the way that the biopic kind of paints it is that it was actually stolen by the guy who created it. Okay, so that's not really stealing it if you haven't paid him. <laughs> right, yeah, he didn't get paid, so he, he like crept on to... The set and took it out. you know, basically he repoed it. Yeah. Is, is the impression of, that I got a lot of creeping going on. <laughs> there is. You don't pay me, you don't get a turd monster. In the uh, and then he either Vic either stole the audio that went to the film or lost it. There was a story going around for years that he lost it in Lake Tahoe. Yeah, like actually over the side in Lake what, Tahoe. That's what I heard. That, that has been disproved. Uh, well, wow. I recently read that 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 had been disproved, and so people think he either didn't record it, or you know he just lied about recording it, or that he took it, and so, and then at the end, before the movie even came out, he took everyone's money and fled California. That sounds about right. <laughs> no one. The really weird thing is, no one knows what happened to him. Uh, the end of the biopic is very mysterious because they don't know. They they have no idea what happened to him. There is um, speculation about him being into child porn. Wow. And then there is the very end. You have like two grave diggers digging a grave and tossing a body in, and it's all like anonymous. And just, I don't know, it's very, it's weird I, I, for someone to be who he was and then just fall off the face of the earth. I heard he was the bass player for Tommy Two-Tone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's why the dialogue is crap. It's yeah. either missing or, you know, we have that, uh, we have that voiceover oh, through most of it yeah. that is just hilarious because yeah. he's voicing over parts that look like they don't need a voiceover <laughs> and not explaining things that look like they need explaining you'll have you know it's it's bizarre like you'll be in front of two people who are clearly having a conversation yet what we're hearing is a voiceover <laughs> right and we've got and tons of sound bites and stuff for that for sure <laughs> oh of course you do yeah, got <laughs> so to. yeah the, the history behind this film is about as interesting as the film itself so wow. Yeah. That's one reason I wanted to to bring it to you guys because I thought if anybody could appreciate something seedy and horrible, it'd be 
yeah. the two of you. Well, it's even greater when there's an actual story behind of why it's so bad. So that just makes it even more intriguing. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a little short break. We will be right back after this, and we will jump right into this movie. Be back in a second, folks. Hello? Hello. Who is this? Who are you trying to reach? I don't know. Um, I think you've got the wrong number. Do I? I'm going to hang up. Wait, don't hang up. What's that noise? Popcorn? You're making popcorn. Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn when I listen to podcasts. I'm about to listen to a podcast. Oh, really? Which one? Probably the podcast on Haunted Hill. Is that the one with the two guys with the beards? Uh, yeah, Dan and Gav. Most episodes, they look at two different horror movies. Each episode, they look at a world of a strange, where they look at weird things from around the world. Sometimes, they even do special episodes where they look at different genres or directors' discographies and talk about them. Do you have a boyfriend? Maybe. So where can I find the podcast on Haunted Hill? Well, you can go to legionpodcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, or just go into iTunes and search for the podcast on Haunted Hill. So, are you going to ask me out? The Creeping Terror from 1964. The IMDb for this has gone down a whole point in 24 hours. <laughs> it is it is it is now a 2.1. This movie um, is basically the newlywed sheriff of a town. Well, the, okay, first of all, he's not a sheriff yet. I mean, they're, they're jumping the gun there. I'm not going to read their synopsis. That's terrible. But um, <laughs> I'm just going to go on to the cast. This movie's directed and written by uh, Vic Sav. Oh, it's, no, it's written by Robert uh, Syphilant or Syphilant, Syphilis, and uh, Syphilis, Syphilis. <laughs> And it stars Vic Savage, Shannon O'Neill, which I was really surprised when I looked her up. She hasn't done anything else. And it seemed like she was decent for what I saw in this movie. I mean, she wasn't terrible. But um, there, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of people in this movie with a lot of blank pictures on IMDb. Right. And, um, but yeah, basically, I mean, the movie's about a newlywed couple who um, are just completely oblivious to anything going on around them. And... Meanwhile, a rocket ship that's called a plane crashes in their town, and uh, <laughs> and his his uncle, Uncle Ben, <laughs> wants him to go help him investigate this. So uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> well, that's it. Johnny just described the whole movie, and folks, though, it's been fun. Jamie's been fun having you here. <laughs> Thanks. It was a blast. I started to read their synopsis, and it was terrible. <laughs> And you were talking about the girl that, you know, well, she wasn't too bad. Well, you could be terrible in this movie and stand out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, but There's probably a reason she didn't do anything else, too, because she has a, like, she was with Vic Sat, like, they were a thing. Oh, oh okay. And uh, she got screwed over by him. Imagine that. So, yeah. I mean, definitely <laughs> he, check out the he, movie. It's, did it's, he give her cellophane? Cellophane. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, 
it makes you do the twist, <laughs> which is the only dance anyone in this movie knows. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I know. Uh, our main star of the movie knows the creep. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so it starts off. Uh, you get this, you know, couple driving down the road, like Johnny was saying, the uh, uh, newlyweds coming back from their honeymoon, and just out of nowhere, it turns into a 1950s educational film where you're getting uh, this this dialogue that's just over the top of everything. And Jamie said it earlier. That's that's 90 percent of this movie. <laughs> I said to Brian, I said, this is like one of those how to be swell films that you would see like at the beginning of a mystery science theater. Right. Like a how to be swell. Right. <laughs> Don't be Johnny didn't Bungles. want to take the bath this morning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it's like. And matter of fact, that that's even what I got. Uh, I said, uh, uh, your honeymoon and you. <laughs> <laughs> And then later we get that diatribe about how sometimes a guy's friend will grow up and get married, and that means he's moving into manhood, oh, and that got, happens to every man along I've got the way. That sound bite. We we yeah, <laughs> I, I had to, I couldn't resist, man. That that was just <laughs> incredible. So so, uh, so one thing about this is I like that um, you know like ninety percent of the dialogue just isn't there, but right. but the fact that the dialogue that is there, like in the scene where they're driving in the car, they're they're just basically like describing the ETA and you know what's going on, like hey how much time till we get oh it's four it's almost four in the morning one more hour like it's like the most le- it's the least important crap in the movie that you get the dialogue for <laughs> oh, so then we like you said we get this plane crash that's reported when they're coming back into town and we get some great stock footage of a rocket just a regular you know u.s rocket <laughs> nothing like a plane yeah <laughs> and it crashes to the ground and this big turd monster comes out of the crash racket, rocket, rocket, <laughs> racket, rocket. Yeah. That was that was a uh, uh, subliminal. <laughs> was a little slip there. And then this is where Martin and his lady meet Uncle Ben on the highway, and he's like, and they just stop out in the middle of the road on a highway. You know, it'd be different if it was a side road or something. But this is a highway, and. There's definitely a car behind Martin. You you get to see the car go by him after he tells him to stop and turn around and follow him. I'm like, wow. I wonder if they just went out and just shot this, and that was just some person driving down the road by him going, look at these idiots. <laughs> you know what it was, dude. There were no permits. But I, I like this also because I don't understand why they didn't just follow Uncle Ben. They had to get in all in the front seat of the car with Uncle Ben to go to the side of the crash. <laughs> get in, honey. <laughs> And she's thinking, and I did my little voice for her, which is, I did my voice for a lot of people in this movie because we didn't get to hear there. So I, I added my own dialogue. Like, you know, I, okay, well, I have something I was going to do other than that, but okay, I'll get in the car. <laughs> it's just, you just pulled me over randomly on the side of the road. I got back from somewhere where I've been gone for two weeks. Sure. Let me go check out this thing that has nothing to do with me because I'm not in law enforcement. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, but Martin doesn't understand why this doesn't look like a normal U.S. rocket. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like a piece of, I don't know, it's almost like a piece of plywood, and everybody has to crawl under it, and then you're inside the ship. Well, and you have to you have to wonder this. I mean, I know this town is also really tiny, like Mayberry, 
Which you have to wonder why Ben's in charge because his instincts are just awful. <laughs> I mean, the first thing he does is crawl into the thing and I and crawl just like I mean, it, on the ground, <laughs> basically into this into this rocket without no without knowing anything. I mean, he has a flashlight. He makes them get get his flashlight. Yeah, go back but, and get my flashlight. And and to go along with this, where we are missing what they did put a budget on. <laughs> What is the budget here is the actual, all the different sounds that the alien makes. Because it's just a, <laughs> it's just a grab for whatever. Because the first time you see the alien, he sounds like an espresso machine. Kind of sounds like this. That's either an espresso machine or that's just a kid with a balloon and just <laughs> squeezing the air out of the end of it. <laughs> oh. And then Uncle Ben, you get him crawling inside of it. And <laughs> he basically gets attacked by a lion. <laughs> Please stop. You know something I'm gonna I'm gonna call bullcrap on right now is and I just refuse to believe this and after reading the synopsis on IMDb I think I'm pretty I'm pretty much correct is that they say that some of the stock audio in this was used in Rosemary's Baby and other famous films and I'm gonna call bullcrap on that. <laughs> uh, was there, there's no way was there a voiceover in Rosemary's Baby? <laughs> if, if so, it might have no. been this guy. That's when the general told them to go to hell. But there, but there was a there was a child monster in it. So I mean, we made it. So yeah, we just lost Uncle Ben to a monster. Tragic rice accident. (laughs) This is, you know, this is the is this the first time in movie history that um, Uncle Ben's have just just had the short end of the straw. Because yeah, this of, seems to be a theme throughout movie, you know, the, the movies to come. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and Aunt Martha's. And that's right. That's right. How about that that excellent military that shows up in the farm truck? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said. One of my notes is because everyone knows the army drives pickup trucks. Yeah, I mean they're in the truck that's just like the one that's <laughs> on Green Acres. I mean, <laughs> but I just, it says I, U.S. I, Army on the side. <laughs> I'm just very impressed that it took like 39 of them to lift a tree branch. And the guy had to get out of the truck to tell them to do it. Like he's directing them yeah. to get. Let's go. No, move come on, there. over there. Come on. It's like it's like they didn't want to grab something that looked like an actual fallen down tree, so they grabbed the biggest branch they could find and pulled it into the road. And also, it was just to be in this military. You have to be able to stand with your legs apart and your hands on your hips. Do you ever see that? And you all have to have a, a unibrow. <laughs> Every one of those guys <laughs> stood there like a Superman pose. <laughs> so well, I guess was it just me, or did the all the all the military guys, the young ones, they all look like they were like twelve? <laughs> we recruited them. They all back look then. like the plastic green army men that every one of us has buried in the backyard. That's right. <laughs> My army men buried are real ones. <laughs> 
And then we finally get to see like the inside of the ship because they send two of the military guys inside the ship and it basically just looks like a TV station from the 1960s. I mean, this spaceship is from another galaxy, I guess, but all their gauges and everything are in English. Uh, you know, knobs that were made here on Earth. <laughs> you know, there was no hiding that this was just, you know, hey, that, that looks real scientific. Let's just use that. Yeah, pretty bad. Monitors that seen it. Right. <laughs> you didn't happen to get any of that beep boop booping, did you? <laughs> uh, it's so classic. Beep beep yeah. boop 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 beep boop boop. I don't need it. You just did it. <laughs> and you and you actually did a better job than they did. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh. So yeah, moving on from this, we kind of get where the creature is loose and running around, and we kind of get the first. Don't don't say don't say running. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's no running on on anybody's part in this movie. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, this could be the slowest uh, attack monster in film history, I guess. Uh, Dude, it could attack you in California, and you could be in you could be in Colorado within a couple hours, and it, it would still be where it was. I think I even wrote somewhere that I said that a dude in a wheelchair could literally fall down to the ground and drag the wheelchair over sticks and stuff and still get away from this thing if you really tried. The, 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 the pageant girl from Salvage, Blood Salvage could die out from the sky. Uh, That's a callback for That's a callback for That's what the monster says when he shows up. Oh, I wish that would have been that would have been grand. Well, fortunately for this monster, no one even no one no one crawls, no one walks. Right. No one. Everyone just sits there. You know the what is it they were having a hootenanny? Not a hootenanny, but a hoot a hoot. No, they they, they called it a hootenanny. Yeah. Was it a hootenanny? Okay. Yeah, I wrote it down. Um. I love it because the guy tells him, the guy with the guitar says, you guys stay right there. Stay calm. And then so the monster comes for him and they all just stay. I'm like, well, he told him to stay. So they're just going to stay. No one moves ever. And again, you got to go back to the sound editing because you got your couple that's making out that it comes up on first. And it's eating the woman. I love this. Which is, which is incredible because the creature's head is way up in the air. But when it eats people, it's going into another orifice, I guess. I, like a <laughs> vagina. Basically, yeah. Uh, but this, <laughs> I had to get a, a sound bite of this because this lady's being eaten and she's going in head first. But we get this loop of her screaming. Maybe it's not really her screaming. Just saying. But this this loop to me is just hilarious because it's just so obvious. It's the same scream over and over and over. Kind of goes like this. For realism, they would muffle her or something, like just or yeah, exactly. you know, muffle the loop. So it's yeah. like, ah, yes. ooh, your head's ooh. in you guys, monster. You guys are expecting way too much from this movie. <laughs> 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 R- 
You're talking about realism. But I, you know my favorite part of the scene, the best part is whenever the monster's about 40 yards away and she she spots it. The dude is still trying to mug down with her. Right. And then as soon as the dude as soon as the dude spots it, he just like crawls and like stumbles out of there. He just ditches her. Well, you know, it's, he's, it's, he's like looking, he's like, yeah, I still got a little time here before it gets here. <laughs> and then see ya. Yeah. Wouldn't want to be ya. Oh. I, like, I like how there's no there's no attempt to even grab her or anything. He just totally nope. bails. He's like, honey, if you're stupid enough to sit there, that's right. and that's on you. That's I'm right. out of here. I'm outie. <laughs> I love how you can see some of the victims pushing themselves into the mouth, oh, yeah. or even like positioning if their bodies aren't positioned right. Yeah. You can see them moving around trying to like position their body so it goes into the mouth better. Oh man. <laughs> like, God, they didn't. They really just didn't even try. Right. Uh, but we do have, there is one part here, though, that we have to say was kind of revolutionary because there's a scene where Martin goes in the spaceship with his flashlight, and the way he's holding the flashlight, he's holding the flashlight on his own face. But I kept expecting him to start singing like "Every Breath You Take" because <laughs> it's just like the video where the lights on one side and the other side. So, hey, man, Sting, Sting ripped this movie off, man. <laughs> Wow! Just what if what if the director AJ became Sting? That's that's oh. his uh, his uh, sketchy past. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great? Uh, it was he was instead of joining the police, he was wanted by the police for <laughs> stealing all that money and stuff. Oh man! <laughs> so coming out of this, this is where <laughs> this is the scene that Jamie is bringing up that to me is such a highlight of this movie. And that's where they sneak back into Martin's house, and he's going to surprise his newlywed wife. And we get the most <laughs> incredible dialogue ever. Absolutely ever. Uh, I, I'm not even going to say that. I'm just going to let it play. Barney, you should try marriage. It would do wonders for you. Yeah, just try it. Barney and Martin had been bachelor buddies for years. But now that Martin was settling down to marriage, they were slowly drifting apart. Barney, naturally, was still dating all the girls in town. Yeah, he couldn't understand all the girls. why Brad all and Martin <laughs> didn't pal around with him more than they did. He couldn't comprehend that married life brought with it not only new problems and duties, but the necessary togetherness of husband and wife as well. <laughs> Despite Brett's most tactful considerations, such as inviting him over to dinner quite often, Barney was growing resentful of her, or at least she felt that he was. I hate that witch! Since time began, this change in relationship has probably happened to all buddies in similar circumstances. Life has its way of making boys grow up. And with marriage, Martin's time had come. His life was now Brett, a life that he thoroughly enjoyed. Brett Michaels? <laughs> Brett Butler. Brett Butler, yes. <laughs> You know what though? I like how it says every. There comes a time in the life where all every boy is gonna grow up, and I'm like, he's a cop. Like he should have already been a little bit grown yeah. by this point. Dude's, you know, at least 25 here, right? <laughs> at least. And this is his real brother in real life. Really? Yeah. Oh, they have the same last name. I assume it's his brother. They look identical to me. They look yeah. like uh, they look like uh, the Menendez brothers. <laughs> the Menendez brothers. It's all coming. Maybe together Maybe that's now. where he went. <laughs> it's all coming together now. 
Oh, man. So how do you top this? How do you top this dialogue that is, I mean, this is straight up educational film. The guy's got a good voice for it. Uh, but how do you top that? You show the lady that's waving goodbye to her husband who's leaving for his job. Man, I was dying watching this scene. For the last time. For the last time. And she just keeps waving. <laughs> keeps waving. <laughs> then she goes in the house and shoves a thermometer up a baby's butt. <laughs> Poor baby. You'll Poor get baby. <laughs> Poor baby. Let mommy take your temperature. Poor baby. You'll feel better soon. Wow, that's not even Why? a sound bite. That's... She didn't do anything. <laughs> right. Yeah, I would give you medicine, but this is the 60s. We don't believe in that. Walk it off. Walk it off. <laughs> what Hold on. Before, I, actually, I missed a part there I wanted to talk about before the, uh, it was before even the dinner guest makeout party. Right. The, uh, the, the whenever, um, Martin basically participates in some kind of cover-up in the town. He, he tells Deputy yeah. Barney to say that Je- Jeff and Ben went off vacationing like Fire Island or they yeah. went fishing somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah. the whole thing is funny because, like, like, right after that, they dismiss the whole thing. Like, nothing, nothing comes of that at all. Yeah, and that's incredible because even back then, obviously, these kind of things were already going on. You know, just, just cover it up. Hey, we'll just say they went on vacation, you know? It's like, Wow. I mean, that's that's a jab at the media even back then of, hey, yeah. you know, you'll you'll say what we want you to say or we'll put you in jail. We also did. We didn't mention that Martin was the new sheriff. He was like the interim sheriff. <laughs> yeah, I think he just, yeah, it just fell in his lap because his Uncle Ben, you know, he's got to live up to the reputation. So, yeah, we got waving lady and poor baby lady, you know, doing her thing at the house. And she goes out to hang some clothes up. And at this point... We get some bushes shaking and stuff, right? And I'm, I'm talking about, like, actual plants. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, out of nowhere, we get this incredible music that lets you know. It's kind of like, you know, you get the Jaws theme whenever, you know, the shark shows up. You get the Michael Myers theme, you know, the Halloween theme whenever he shows up. This monster ends up with his own theme, and it's basically a recording of... An organist and a pianist just dueling. It, it's the biggest hot mess ever recorded. So when you hear the monster, you hear this. <laughs> all together now. <laughs> or, or not at all. Oh. It's like, are y'all even playing the same sheet music, or what's going on here? Dude probably did the soundtrack, too. <laughs> oh, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think one of the funniest things about this is I didn't look, I should have looked up who did the soundtrack, but the guy who designed the monster's name was John Lackey, and I found that funny. Lackey was <laughs> the, the costume designer. <laughs> Perfectly named. <laughs> I know. Oh, so how do you get past... You know, the lady that's hanging out the clothes that, like everybody else, doesn't know how to run away. Uh, we get grandpa and grandson fishing. Lord in mercy. <laughs> and and the, the kid is having such a bad time that he decides to go chase a lizard off into the woods. <laughs> grandpa, I love you, but this really blows. I'm going to go do something else. <laughs> and that grandpa, man, what's up with that guy? He was like, I don't know. I mean, you look at a lot of these movies that came out much later where they would have this, like, big fat guy who was just completely incompetent at everything 
and it was kind of like they were kind of the the brunt of the joke, um, or the butt of the joke. Sorry, but <laughs> um, but this feels like the beginning of that. Uh, this because just this whole scene when he when because you don't know they. I mean, I guess they were setting up suspense. With you didn't know whether sure. the creeping, the creeping terror was going to attack the grandpa or the, the grandson because it keeps showing both of them doing their own thing until finally you realize that no, they're not going to kill a kid. They're going to kill the the fat oaf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, his death is one of the best ones in the movie. Well, yeah, it's pretty classic. <laughs> well, he, he falls into a stream that's probably three feet wide. Yeah, and and, just, and he just lays in there splashing around like he's drowning or something. <laughs> It's like Robin Hood Men in Tights where the where the big guy on the bridge on the toll bridge falls in the water and it's like less than a foot deep. Right. <laughs> Help me, I can't get out. All I can figure is, you know, the the, the kid didn't want to hang out with his grandfather because maybe he wanted him to shave his back again or something. I don't know. It's, it's just a, I was trying to figure out if what he actually said was, Grandpa, can I go for a walk? Because we, we didn't see his face. We just saw the back of him. So... <laughs> I'm sitting there going, is that actually the dialogue that took place in that scene? We'll never know. But it could have been, Grandpa, I gotta go pee. <laughs> you know, maybe he was planning on coming right back. I don't know. Uh, Grandpa, I gotta go find my lizard. Yeah, I know what that means. <laughs> you often have to find oh. it? <laughs> well, it's a grandson. I don't know. <laughs> so... This I don't know. The hits just keep rolling with this one. That's the thing about it. I, I, you know, I saw where somebody wrote on YouTube about this. Like, you ever seen a movie so bad that you have to keep watching it? This one's kind of that way because okay, crazy lady with the thermometer in the baby's butt, crazy greasy grandpa. Then we get to the beatnik picnic where a dude's just you know jamming out some tunes. Getting everybody in the mood, and then you get a couple that runs off to go. They go to make out rock, I guess. <laughs> just, a, just a, I don't know. It looks like gigantic a, tree root is what. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, how fortunate were they to find that natural outcrop right, from exactly. that tree for perfect sitting. Right, and when they're making out, all of a sudden you hear the organist and the pianist sneaking up again, so you know what's about to happen. Uh, nobody runs. <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get creeped to death. Oh, so I creep, yeah. <laughs> they should do a whole mashup: TLC, Stuntable Pilots, uh, Radiohead. Get them all creeping in get, there. Get them all in there. Oh <laughs> man! But what we do get out of this: not only do you get a bunch of people running around trying to get away from this thing, but you get dude that that beats it up with his guitar. That's worth the price of admission for me, man. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it takes him a long time to decide if he's actually going to hit the thing or not. <laughs> yeah, that's a much better idea than, you know, running away. <laughs> You're right. And saving your guitar. I'm just, just saying. Well, he, had, he, he had all those lovely ladies to try to impress, though. I mean, <laughs> it's not every day you get a chance to beat it like an intergalactic being with a guitar for like 20 women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, of course... Everybody. Which is why he told them to stay right there. Right. Kills them all. <laughs> Watch <know>. this. <laughs> yeah. The layout of this thing is incredible, it, really. And whenever there are groups of people, he, the monster should have never killed them all. No, never. <laughs> but never. He, he kills every one of them. Uh, it's, it's incredible. Which leads us up to the incredible dance party that's going on. 
it's a hoot nanny. Yes. I wrote it down because they say it, and I love that word. You don't hear it in anything. <laughs> I know. See, I couldn't remember if it was hoot nanny or hullabaloo. Hullabaloo. And yeah. Both words that I love. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But yeah, that's great. And I'm like, look at that. Actually said that, <laughs> <laughs> and I saw where Jamie just posted a while ago a little clip of this scene on the on the Facebook page, and I was like, "Wow, yeah, we're in for it." <laughs> this is the this long- whole scene is just extended, man. This thing is like the longest piece of the movie. It keeps going and going. It's I'm- actually kind of famous for that. Yeah, <laughs> like that's one of the things that it's notorious for is that really long dance hall scene. Man. Yeah, the thing I posted was I think I found Kristen Glover's dad. That one dude, his his dancing is insane. (laughs) It is so good. He's the only one who's not just doing the straight-up twist. Right. And you got the one chick in the hot pants, and she's kind of doing her thing. Then you get that other crazy one that's out there. So you got the dude that's dancing crazy, and you got one lady out there that's either coked up or something because she's, she's feeling something nobody else is feeling. So... This thing goes on forever. Matter of fact, you're even wanting the turd monster to show up and kill everybody just so this song will end. It just keeps <laughs> the going. funny thing about that is is they keep cutting. The, the, they're trying to go for suspense, probably, but they keep cutting back and forth between the dancing going on and then the creeping terror. I don't need to keep seeing the monster drag his ass through the woods. <laughs> I, know, I, I know he's coming for them. Just get to it. Yeah. He look. Look. He's 15 feet further than he was. <laughs> It's like, I don't need 15 updates on this. That's why it's the creeping terror, because it seems like it takes him forever to get to you. But when he does, he stuffs you in his manhole or whatever it is. <laughs> oh. Then we get the, actually the, the name of a club that the director opened the manhole. <laughs> oh. So here we get the scene where it cuts to Lover's Lane. Oh my God! Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on! Don't go, don't don't go there yet. Oh, okay. I want I want to talk about the hoot nanny again. Oh, okay. Okay. So, can you either of you explain to me what's going on with while the creatures in there attacking people? Why why there's like two or three different fist fights going on? <laughs> no, I love it, but I have there, no idea. It's like there, monster shows up. I need to kick your ass. <laughs> it makes no sense. There's literally like two separate, or there's like two or three separate groups of two dudes just. Be- beating the hell out of each other, knocking over tables, and it looks like they're all like huddled next to an exit. And I keep right. thinking, why not go through that door? <laughs> um, so what, but no, instead they're just, they're going to kick the crap out of each other for you know the duration of the scene until they all die. <laughs> the explanation is is they're all little little sauced, so they're a little little out of it. And then somebody, some dude stood up and said, "Oh my God, a monster!" And he was like, "Don't talk about my woman that way." And it just would you just kill me? <laughs> <laughs> That's how that all started. You know, I, I if that were the case, man, this movie would be so much better. That like if they added that dialogue. That monster shoving old people up as a vagina. What'd you say about my Loretta? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I think you just you improved the movie like a million times. <laughs> oh. Did um 
did you guys notice how the when everyone sort of rushes toward well rushes toward the exit when the monster's <laughs> in there, and so he kind of he got, he's got them cornered in the exit. I don't know under I don't understand how people are being eaten by this thing. I just don't get it. Uh-uh. But at one point he kind of after everyone he's done over there in the corner, there is a lone guy sitting at the bar. He's just he's just kind of wandering around over by the bar, and he actually sits on a stool. The monster turns toward him. Then the scene inexplicably cuts, and that's when it cuts to the monster coming at that couple that's in the middle of the dance hall for whatever reason. And I look over there, that guy's gone. <laughs> I don't know if he was even supposed to be in the shot, like, or if he was just some random guy that was sitting over there. And then when they cut, they realize there's a dude over there. <laughs> He's not, I have no be- idea. It could be just like the scene where they, they're in the road and they have the car behind and they may have just went to a local dance hall and just yeah. started filming. Very possible. Because that dude, if you Locals noticed, were there. when other people were leaving the bar, he was just grabbing their drinks and drinking their drinks, too. <laughs> uh, that's just Barney. He's he's down here at the club every weekend, you know. <laughs> uh, then after it kills everybody in the bar... We cut to the other great hangout of the 60s, Lover's Lane. Yeah. Same deal. Man, if this thing they would learn how to drive, it'd get around so much faster. But same deal. It's a couple making out in the car. It's in the convertible, right? And they look With back. Hunter S. Thompson looking on. <laughs> it's like, hey, look, there's a monster coming over there. Let's keep making out. And... <laughs> I like the whole time during the scene, though, you have one guy who's at Lover's Lane in his car by himself, just watching this all go down. <laughs> just yeah. watching all of it. He's that's the what, best. That's Hunter S. Thompson. I swear to God. I mean, it's not really, but that's, I hope not. But that's Hunter S. Thompson, and he's just watching. He's like, huh, monsters attacking kids. Huh. Well, he can't drive his huh. steering wheel's locked up. Chicken. I mean. Huh. Broken. <laughs> How about the first couple that it comes up to, and they're in the car, obviously, and this thing just starts humping the back of the car? Oh, it is going to town on the back of that car. Wow. Uh, no explanation. Uh, I was just awestruck when I started they were, this. They were like, all right, everybody in, in the uh, the uh, walking, the creeping turd costume, just go up to this, gyrate as hard as you can. <laughs> just get that gyrate on. Oh. Here's the other thing, too. We really get no explanation. This, of course, is just 60s science fiction logic, but if this thing can eat people that are wearing, I don't know, watches, keys in their pocket, shoes, clothes, couldn't this thing pretty much eat anything? Oh, yeah. Why it's like, it just it's basically like a great white shark. Right. So it's like... Does it really need the people to survive, or is it just doing it because? Oh, we get the explanation at the end, right? They're studying us. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And to study us, they need to eat us. <laughs> right. Oh. Yeah. The 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 the, sci- the the guy in this movie. I think I don't know what he was. Was he like a professor or scientist or something? Sure. It's like every time every time he tried to explain something, it sounded like he was just making up anything. Like there was no dialogue written. He just was making crap up. Oh yeah. I don't think that's too far-fetched, actually. And then you got the dude that it flips the dude's car over twice so he can get the... I mean, again, this thing is coming up and picking up the side of your car. You have plenty of time to even climb out of the window on the driver's side and get away from this thing. But no, you stay in there and let him flip you over. And apparently, picking up a car and flipping it over kills you. 
Just saying. <laughs> I mean, you know, he was it's just in the driver's <laughs> seat. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So he that was actually pro- that was probably the most graphic shot in the movie, right? It the was. Yeah, you get a little little uh, mangled body there, but then he flips him over again so he'll fall out so he can eat him. <laughs> well, he's smart. He's like a cat with one of those toys that you put the that yeah. you put the treat in, and he bats it around until he can get the treat. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, uh, the, the whole time that it's flipping this dude over in the car and it's eating the dude, our our I don't know what he is. Our Tom or peep, peeping Tom is sitting there watching this whole thing. Then he just finally says, "Yeah, I'm going to try to leave now." <laughs> Well, he, he watches about, what, like three cars get destroyed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, buddy. Good Samaritan. Uh, man. So at this point, we've, we've discovered, uh, you know, the military has found out that this thing's running wild, and they finally tracked it down because they found the guitar that was busted up at the first place. And I guess they went to the, the, the hullabaloo or the, or was it? <laughs> Hootenanny. 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 Let's go that Hootenanny. Put on your big shoes. <laughs> and so they track this thing down. They find where it's finally out here killing everybody. And the military shoots it like 70 times and it just knocks dust off of it. Did you guys notice that? They're like plummeting it with bullets. And it's just dust. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. It's like they put a bunch of baby powder on the monster and said, okay, now shake it real fast so it looks like there's dust coming off of it. Uh, and then you get kind of the coolest thing where all the military guys are kind of lined up and the monster basically just knocks them all over like bowling pins and just kills them all right there at the same time. That was great. <laughs> that wasn't what I was thinking, but okay. <laughs> but... We just shot this thing a whole bunch of times. But you know what's going to kill it? That's right. Hand grenade. (laughs) We've decided that a hand grenade is going to kill something that we just tried to mow in half with some bullets. Again, the logic. Um, I've got another sound bite here. This one's pretty classy. The sergeant, a shaken man, returned babbling about what had happened. Caldwell, realizing the full danger of the situation, decided he had only one means left to stop the monster, grenades. Now Bradford made a drastic move. Acting on his superior authority, he forbade Caldwell to destroy the creature. The colonel, more concerned with saving human lives than advancing science, told Bradford to go to hell. Go to hell. I just love the matter of fact of everything, man. It's just it just takes it to another level. If you took this movie and took the dialogue out of it, the overdubbing, it wouldn't be near as fun. <laughs> Let's just be honest. That just makes this movie that and the bad organ playing together is just not music to my ears. <laughs> so, you know, they uh, they decide they're gonna blow it up with a hand grenade. And it works. <laughs> Is was this one season? And once the like the scientist guy goes back into the spaceship, yeah, he decides to pull out the hand grenade himself and go back to the ship, climb inside, 
And apparently a scientist has no understandings of a hand grenade. Cause he, nope, he, none. He pretty much blows himself up, too, inside of it. Comes crawling out. He comes out, out all gnarled. <laughs> I mean, that's what I mean, you know. But in the process, it free, it freed. There was another monster that was locked up inside the ship that really needs no other explanation than there's another alien that's locked up in the ship. And they break the bonds by the explosion of the hand grenade. So now we got another monster that's loose. And just like before, it's moving in fast motion, sneaking up on people that's laying on the ground that can't move. Even the dude that's been blown up is making a better attempt at getting away from this thing than anybody else in this movie. So the monster is about to kill our scientist, the guy that's been trying to save him this whole time. And then out of nowhere, here comes Martin and his and his girlfriend or wife or whatever she, whatever she is. And they just plow over the thing in the car, and it kills it. <laughs> okay. You know what I like about the scene, though? It's like, and I had to slow it down because the monster's eating the, what, the, the, who, who's it eating at the time when they plow it down? This one, is it the scientist? I think it's, yeah, he's, he's got his arm up and he's trying to keep it from getting down on top of him, which doesn't make any sense either because we know that's not where it eats him from. Um, yeah, <laughs> but it, it looks like when the car pulls in the frame, it looks like it almost runs the actor over. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it looks so dangerous. I totally agree. I thought the same thing. I was like, man, they had to, somebody got hurt. <laughs> they had to. Oh, yeah. Then we get this whole story of we got our blown up professor laying on the ground giving us the backstory of how this all works and how he found this out right before blowing himself up. I'll never know. But he found out that these aliens are here to study us and when both the aliens die, it's going to send a transmission back to their home planet and that's going to bring more aliens. Yeah, I. it says that he confirmed what he already knew or what he suspected or whatever. How? You know what, though? How exactly did he confirm anything? Here's the thing. Once you're blown up and you're on your you're on your deathbed, I have a feeling that you can say whatever you want. And people are going to you're like, and I saw I saw the moon men and they told me this and inside the ship. You're like, you're like you're, you're, you assume because you're dying, they're going to take your word for it. And I knew this all along. I knew it all along. And Shaka Khan's going to come save me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's just it's so bad and the, what's the um and the last is it the last line of the movie where he's like he's like only god knows <laughs> i was like what is he kid rock <laughs> only god knows why will be a great song in the future <laughs> Wait, he's like well, he's like only god knows I'm like well you just gave us an explanation too <laughs> He's like, I don't know their reasoning. <laughs> How about when he tells Martin that, hey, they're going to send this transmission. you got to go ahead and try to stop it. And we get the 25 minutes of him beating on this, on this stuff. It just kind of keeps going. kind of sounds like this. And then when you when you realize your beating isn't doing anything on this side, turn to face this side and beat something over here. And did you guys notice that? Did you guys notice that um, like half the time the, that banging noise would be going on, he wasn't hitting anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, 
It's just jeans. Oh, man. Yeah, they couldn't mess up the equipment. I mean, that's expensive stuff that they stole from somebody. <laughs> well, no, he, he would be, like, in a backswing, and it would be hitting. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. Do you think the people who attempted to sink this really gave that much of a damn? <laughs> no, because at the end of the day, they didn't get paid either, I'm sure. Oh, man. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm not. I'm, they may have said in the doc, but I don't even know, or a doc in the biopic, but I don't even know uh, why anyone would be motivated to release. Oh, I guess the people who had invested probably were attempting to recoup anything at this point. You know, they yeah. probably just wanted to put the finished film out to try to get something back because everyone had lost their money over this. There was one guy in particular who had poured a whole bunch of, he just kept pouring money into it, pouring money, money into oh, it. Oh, man. And I think he's the one who, I know, I think he's the one who actually took over in the end and just wanted to get something out just to try to lessen the dent, but... He's the narrator. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right, I will sink all this money into this project, but I want to narrate this bitch. <laughs> oh, and I want it to end with a shot of the sun in the sky. <laughs> Man, it's, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, there you go, folks. That, that is the creeping terror. We, we mean, when we say creeping, we mean creeping because... You couldn't go much slower than this thing was going around in the movie. Uh, it is. I mean, it, I, if anything, they did give it a, a pretty direct title. I mean, they yeah. didn't hold anything back from the audience. It wasn't like, I mean, if you got into this movie and you were, like, really angry about how slow and obnoxious the creature was, I mean, they warned you. <laughs> and and just the, the, the alien costume or whatever it is, just basically look, okay. looks looks like a cape off of... I don't know, somebody from Flash Gordon or something. <laughs> it reminds me of, like, the oriental rug from somebody's grandmother's floor, you know, that, that's, like, 75 years old and no one's ever dusted it. Right. <laughs> Just pull it up and drape it over themselves. Wow. And I imagine you've got a person underneath that long part in the back who just who reaches forward and pulls people through the vagina hole. <laughs> and... Has anyone ever wondered how that thing got out of that little trap door thing at the exactly. bottom of the ship that everyone else had to crawl up into? Yeah, yeah, that was that was be, thought out very well. It would, be, it would be hilarious if at some point they pan to like the other side of the ship they never show and there's like a big hole. <laughs> big open there's just door. like a big opening. <laughs> Why did we not go to the other side? I love how. <laughs> Awesome. You have all these like these, these public officials cr- crawling on the ground to get inside of it. <laughs> I love how sometimes you could see the monster would get stuck walking, and he's you could just see the person on the inside. You can visualize them going, <laughs> trying to pull forward. I imagine every time they show the monster in this, the I I imagine the person is just like, just just. Shouting expletives the entire time. Wow. Well, I did also read that they would get, they would suffer from heat exhaustion, and a couple of people even got heat stroke. Yeah. Being in that right. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Well, so I had read, and I don't know how true this is either, but they said that, like, the back part of it, like, the tail was several kids in the back of that. Now, I don't know how true that is, um, because I think the front part, like, the two parts in the front were adults, and then, the, like, the back part of it were kids. That would kind of make sense, I guess. I mean, in order to carry it and stuff and for it to stay down low, 
I guess instead. Well, that's of, crazy to think about. That's like a pl- parade float at that point. <laughs> that's basically what it was, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, man. So, so yeah, nineteen nineteen sixty four gave us two great things: the Beatles and this movie. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, actually, uh, <laughs> years later, <laughs> the uh, the creeping turd would become known as Yoko Ono. Oh. 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 So, um, um <laughs> what, what were they thinking with this movie, guys? Like, any of those moments? This is going to be tough, oh. man, because all these things that we have that we talk about at this part of the show pretty much just go out the window with this one. <laughs> I was trying to, because I, I know how you guys end the show. I know how it works. And so I was trying to come up with some stuff. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like, what were they thinking? God, yeah. Through the whole thing? Yeah, that's, that, I think that's the problem is they weren't thinking. They just uh, they just tried to execute. I did say what try. What were they thinking having people reverse born into a monster? <laughs> or... <laughs> Uh, what were they, I, I mean, just everything. Uh, everything. What were they thinking? I mean, or <laughs> were they thinking disgracing Chubby Checker's good name with that that <laughs> terrible dance hall scene? <laughs> <laughs> the man, the man just puts a dance on the map, and this movie goes out of its way to ruin it. What were they thinking? Disgracing Hoot Nannies everywhere. That's right. Yeah, that you know what though, and you don't hear that word very much anymore. And I think this movie is probably why <laughs> it, dra- it drove a stake right into the heart of the Hoot Nanny. <laughs> you know what? That, that sounds that sounds like a, that sounds like a festival in the Midwest, like Heart of the Hoot Nanny. Come on down, to Heart of the Hoot Nanny. Yeah, Slim Pickens presents Heart of the Hoot Nanny. <laughs> oh man, 2018 with Kid Rock. <laughs> Only God knows why. <laughs> um, I do have to give them some credit, though. Uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> Is that if you notice, there are a lot of day for night shots in this. Oh, yeah. Either that or everything in this town happens at noon. Yeah. You know, they're having hoot nannies at noon. The, <laughs> the, uh, they, they're at Lover's Lane at noon, you know. Right. So either that or there's really bad day for night. However, at least you could see stuff. Right. Now, whether it was worth seeing, you know, that's debatable, but at least you could see it. <laughs> Well, the, the thing is with the Lover's Lane scene, I mean, they, they, they didn't have any lights set up at that rock quarry that they called Lover's Lane. So <laughs> they, had, they, they just pretty much had to. You had to go during the day, yeah. Oh, um, did you guys learn anything? Good lessons from bad movies? Anything from this that you guys could uh, take away from it? Help you in your own personal life. Always carry um, an extra supply of hand grenades. You never know when you're going to need them. I was wondering, where was the flamethrower? Because that would have worked. Oh, yeah. It was freaking carpet. (laughs) It'd go up like carpet. (laughs) I learned that at every point in a man's life, he must become a man. (laughs) And marriage can help you with that. So you should try marriage. Try marriage. I love that line. Try marriage. Like it's like try this new Coke. <laughs> Have you tried these new Pringles? Try marriage. Two things you don't want to hear from Bill Cosby. <laughs> try this new Jello pudding pop. <laughs> but uh, you know my my good lesson from this bad movie is um, I, I was gonna say run, but just slightly jog. Just get a brisk walk going. A brisk just walk. Anything. 
A trot. They, they try nothing. Yes. <laughs> because I'm, I'm pretty sure, I mean, gosh, dude, it's just, it's so weird seeing so many people that are, they're all, they're all young. Almost everybody in this movie's young, and nobody's even, they, they do have, they're just completely dumb with any kind of, uh, um, physical activities like running or jogging anything if it just you know attacked an old folks home then it might have had a good chance of actually doing some damage but even the dancers they could have probably twisted away from this thing (laughs) they were twisting faster than they were walking right (laughs) Uh, but what about you ricky any good lessons uh the only thing that i learned that uh that uh, kid rock has prophesized this is the movie that did it. <laughs> okay, um, how what, what are the upgrades you guys would give this movie? Oh gosh, <laughs> really? Uh. <laughs> I, I have one here. I'll give you mine for right off. This okay. is the only the only one I got because trust me, a lot of things could be upgraded, but there's only one thing in this movie that just completely just it, it just got on my nerves nonstop. I put less seizure inducing high pitched noises. <laughs> okay. Can we do that? Can we, like, because there were times where I had to turn the volume down because I'm like, this is really, really loud and unnerving. And it's not unnerving, like, in a horror way. It's unnerving, like, like when you, you, <laughs> I don't like know. It's teeth like teeth are going to shatter. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's like when the, it's like when the tornado alarms are going off in town or something. It's like that kind of unnerving. <laughs> I'd read- oh, man, I feel you. We live about a mile from the tornado thing every first Saturday of the month at 1 p.m., for five solid minutes. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's uh. crazy. <laughs> I would, um, uh, I'd upgrade the soundtrack by just buying a, a cheap 80s Casio keyboard and just hit and play. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say bring in more than one narrator to spice things up a bit. Oh, that'd be a nice well, option. I don't know. You know, I would say that, but at the end he threw that hell in there. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Like, Go to this, hell. Yeah, I love that. That was so unexpected because the whole movie, I mean, I mean, he was saying a lot of things that are pretty funny, but when he added that go to hell part, I was like, whoa, hey there. Get a little spicy, buddy. It's 1964 or whatever. Here's, here's the military. They can talk that way. Well, and we yeah, don't even know that the they did talk that way. That was the narrator. <laughs> For all we know, like the, the narrator could have been just throwing anything in there. <laughs> I, I, I like to think that actually. I like to think yep. that this movie, the audio was lost completely over the, over the side of Lake Tahoe, <laughs> and <laughs> the person who was like given the task of finishing it after the guy fled town with all their money just was like, okay, I guess I got to narrate this bitch now. Right. Just watch it and <laughs> come up with what you think they're talking about. <laughs> okay, so here's the part where the guy tells them to get out of the truck and move the uh, the tree branch and. <laughs> Oh, man. Right before he trips and falls down in the most hilarious way, and then doesn't get up for the rest of the film, <laughs> he's like, "I'll just, I'll be right here. <laughs> you guys go on without me." Oh, oh man, this movie. Uh, where would you guys seat this on the bus? Go ahead, Jamie. Oh man, see, ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I um. I, I kind of feel like it really needs to ride in the back, but I've also seen the Beast of Yucca Flats, which I swear is worse, <laughs> but not by much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know what? Just, just stick that stick that sucker in the back. There's right. a, it. 
that'll there, be room for its tail to hang out anyway. There's plenty of room in the back seat. Trust me. <laughs> well, then that's where it needs to go. Ooh. I, I kind of agree. Matter of fact, I would set it in the lap of Battlefield Earth. <laughs> it's, it's not quite as bad, but uh, it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> I, still, I honestly, oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I oh, I honestly, I don't know. I think this is a little bit worse than Battlefield Earth. Oh really? really? Ouch! Man. Yeah, I, I would, I would say I would put this in the back. I mean, because the thing is that I've always seen this movie through MST3K, and right. I never understood how unbearable it was without the riffing. Yeah, <laughs> and, and watching it twice without the riffing, I was like, man, this is this is rough. This is a rough watch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's short. It's only an hour and sixteen minutes, and like a few seconds. Yeah, and it feels doesn't like, it feel like it's so much yeah. longer? It feels like it the really entire does. Lord of the Rings series. <laughs> Just drop the ring already. <laughs> Peter Peter Jackson is going to redo this and make three parts. <laughs> that, you know what, though? That would probably be pretty good. <laughs> I guarantee you the What a Workshop people would do better special effects. <laughs> Voice over by Brad Duriff. <laughs> that would be great. Sold. Oh. All right, folks. We're going to be right back after this. An Evil Dead TV show? No way. Negan is coming to The Walking Dead. That's awesome. Don't you guys think a werewolf series is long overdue? Oh, hello there. Are you looking for coverage of horror on the small screen that you can't find on any other podcast? Then welcome to Evil Episodes Podcast, where we take an in-depth look at horror around the dial, covering everything from today's hits like The Walking Dead, American Horror Story, and The Strain. As well as looking back into the TV horror vault to discuss anthologies like Tales from the Crypt, Monsters, Masters of Horror. Yeah, but do any of those shows have werewolves in them? What movies will become a TV series next? Just how many more seasons will every CW show get? Where would they put some damn werewolves on TV? Tune in to Evil Episodes Podcast for all your horror on television needs and more. I need werewolves. Hey, did I mention how Lovecraftian all this actually is? going to do it for another episode and we had an absolute blast with this one i, I would say check this one out but don't waste your time <laughs> you probably have more fun going to the store and buying some cheese than actually watching this movie so uh yeah that's kind of how i feel about it uh was it worth the pain it makes for a fun show uh i'm glad we kind of got together and talked about it but yeah i don't plan on revisiting <laughs> what do you think about it johnny Honestly, I mean, it's one of those. If you if someone needs to watch it, I, I always want to direct them toward the Mystery Science Theater yeah. like version of it, which is on YouTube. The whole movie, so you can watch it huh. and actually be really entertained by you know the riffing. That's your upgrade because it, it is. That's the upgrade. I mean, they 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 totally took a movie that's almost unwatchable and and made it really funny. Wow. So this has been an absolute blast, and we are tickled to death to have Jamie come on with us. This has been a long time coming. Uh, we were yeah, talk- thanks, Jamie. Yeah. Ah, uh, thank you. I you really have no idea how much of a fan I am of this show. Well, you might have an idea because I tend to 
like ramble and post a lot and then <laughs> I like I'll, I'll immediately dig out the movies that you talk about and make Brian watch them with me and he gets all pissy <laughs> yeah that's the thing about it you would send me that stuff because I knew you were watching yeah. or listening to the show and Brian would be like gosh she's got me watching Abby again <laughs> <laughs> Abby again <laughs> yeah and then I post that amazing side by side of Abby and Chaka from Land of the Lost yes absolutely <laughs> Um, which I was thinking about that today, but anyway, no, I am I am a huge fan of the show. You guys always crack me up. I love the premise. I love it's quick and it's dirty and it's fun, and yep. I like things quick and dirty and fun. There you so, go. <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me to be here. I can't tell you how pleased I am. I just hope that you both don't hate me after I made you watch. Oh, this. absolutely not. That was I mean, fun. For, yeah. for you folks that don't know, I mean, this is uh, all the people that we kind of associate with and try to be as cool as such as a Duncan McLeish and all these people. Jamie is kind of the main influence over those people. So she's like the hero of our hero. So she's like superhero to, to us. So anytime that I get to be associated and just hang out with her, plus we just have a lot of good times together, but it's always a blast having her around. And, and I'm telling you folks, if you haven't checked out all the shows that she's on, she's kind of podcast royalty. So you need to go out there and, and dig up everything, which I'm going to let her give you the opportunity of listing all of her 17 shows right now. <laughs> well, uh, real quick, though, Johnny, are you aware that you're kind of uh, directly, indirectly responsible for my marriage? Whoa. No, not at all. <laughs> well, you are. And it's because Brian was a faithful listener of Kruger Nation, like way before we met. He was a listener of yours. And he heard years ago, he heard a promo for Devour on your show. So he started listening to Devour. <laughs> and then that's how we met. So wow. that's awesome. There you go. Yeah. If he hadn't been listening to Kruger Nation, I don't know if I'd be here right now. So there you go, Johnny. Your, your show creates life. It's time for Kruger, <laughs> time for Kruger Nation to come back. <laughs> I want it to. I want it to. So, but yeah. So I I am indebted to you for that. I always have been, and uh, I don't think I've ever told you that. But no, I've never. No, I had no idea. Wow. So, yeah. So yeah, he's always like, "Good thing I listen to Kruger Nation, huh?" I'm getting all teary eyed. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but it's no surprise because Kruger Nation is a fantastic show. So. Absolutely. Yep. You know, when 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 Danny and I started Hell Ming, that was. One of the templates that we looked at was the way that Johnny just paced things out. He's like, we want it to move like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Not to blow your head up or anything, Johnny, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is one of the OG solo casters yeah. that that does it right. You know, um, I just, uh, first time I heard him, I was blown away. And um, Corey Graham is another one who... Uh, whenever he would do a solo cast, I think he did an amazing job. But oh yeah, it, Midnight Core is awesome. Yeah, and uh, then oh, and he did Electric Chair, which I thought was fantastic. That was a fun show. So it, um, yeah. So when it, when I first started getting into the game on the, like with the circle of people that we're in now, when I first started getting in, um, Krug was one of the first people I heard, and uh, yeah. So yeah, always been a fan. Cool. Yeah, um, that's awesome. As for me, I am, I, I don't know if you guys even know this, but I am now on the Married with Children podcast. Really? Yeah. Um, 
they had a complete roster change. Well, not complete. Uh, Alex Edwards runs that show, and then he had uh, like Jerry Herring on there right. and JP, and they both left. So oh. um, uh, I came in, and then uh, Dan also from Skeleton Crew came in. So it's basically like a crew reunion. But we do Married with Children episodes every Wednesday. That show drops. That's cool. Um, we just. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's totally different because, yeah. you know me, I, I do mostly horror, so that's totally fun. Uh, Cinema Beef is still chugging along. We've had a roster change there as well since X has sort of semi-retired. Yeah. Um, we all know what that's like, though, don't we? Yes, we do. <laughs> He'll be back. Um, <laughs> but uh, so currently, Iris has joined the show with us, and so it's Iris, Suzanne, me, and Gary. And that's still chugging along. That's very fun. Awesome. Um, we're still doing ABCs of Hidden Horror with Dave Z and Brian and myself. And uh, we're just about to put out the Q episode that's coming this week. And uh, in between letter episodes, we've been doing Colossal Collection, where Brian and I are basically going through our movie collection, doing rapid-fire reviews, talking about those. And those shows are about an hour apiece. They're really fast. And and I think they're kind of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm digging those. Oh, oh, oh good. Thank you. Um, and uh, Devour the Podcast. We just re- recorded our first episode in a while. Uh, David is gone from that show. <laughs> Man, everybody's <laughs> every single show I've talked about pretty much has a lineup change. But David has left Devour to move on to other things. And so Vanessa has joined us on that show. And we recorded our first episode as a group. And that should be coming out next week. So Wow. Looking forward to that. That was a lot of fun. So, you know, a lot going on. Any chance of liking it, cranking out something else? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I, <laughs> oh, that show is kind of, it's kind of, I don't know. It, it, it kind of has the, this whole legendary status of mm-hmm. not being. <laughs> <It's kinda laughs> well, leave it as it's, it's kind of like the Led Zeppelin reunion. Let's not ever make it happen because we'll never be as good as. <laughs> It's what people mess think it, up. it would be right. <laughs> I keep talking. I keep talking about bringing it back, and um, I'm like every time I mention it, Brian's like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I just it's such a waste of a good title and some fantastic poster art. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool um, stuff. And just different. The fact that it's just dining in all the, the werewolf stuff. I, th- I think that was kind of original idea. So, and yeah, plus we, we had our little two episode stint that we did too. So, uh, with the dude looks like the eighties, which may return down the road. Who knows? Uh, if you haven't gone and checked those out, not only just for the fact of Jamie being on there, but Brian as well. And then our buddy, Billy Stewart from, uh, uh, scary dad podcast those are some fun episodes we just were really just getting our feet wet with it and then i had to say sorry guys i'm doing a gajillion things right now i need to stop but you know check those out too uh man these That's shows are they're on legion they're on uh Horophilia, everywhere these shows are just kind of out there so uh track them all down you won't be disappointed anything that that this lady is involved with is going to be awesome so uh uh I, again just tickled to death to have you back on this show not back on the show but on our show get to work with you again and, uh, <laughs> thank you i appreciate it. yeah lots of fun so well if we don't have anything else we're going to tell everybody goodbye johnny you got anything you want to say buddy no, it's been fun. It's great having you on, Jamie. <laughs> no! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
right, folks, that's going to be it for us. We will see you next time around. Au revoir. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sitting here.